welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is Debbie G of Spirituality Gone Wild. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Now, I should say from the outset, we have decided that we are going to have more fun today than three adults should be allowed to have. So okay. just kind of, just kind of setting the ground rules here, you know, making sure we're on board on all this. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, I mean, Debbie G is, is like, she's just fun all by herself, but we just kind of doubled it because we brought in our good friend Josie Herndon, who was on the show in December. So Josie, thanks for joining us again today. Well, thank you, Walt, for inviting me. And I look forward to having as much fun as I'm going to have today. <laughs> it's going to set the tone for my day, actually. This okay. Month, right. Okay. Well, that, that's good. Yeah. We need to have fun all day. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to set the tone. It's going to set the tone for your whole weekend, Josie, because it's her birthday weekend. Yay! Happy birthday. Thank you. So, yes, we're going to have fun. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. We were talking before the show how you, you are one day apart from sharing it with David Strickle because he's also got a birthday going on. Well, so this is like, today and mine's tomorrow and we're yeah. both the same year. And we have a lot of uh, things in common. Yes, we do pretty much. <laughs> we came in together, that's for sure. And we were talking just before we started here that uh, you and he apparently both made connections to source at the same time. Yes. And my comment was it was like stereo because you, you said you were finishing each other's sentences and so yeah, forth. Yeah, we would, we would start <laughs> thing and then, you know, my, my channel, would Gabriel would, you know, finish and then stream would come through and it was like... Yeah. <laughs> we were completely in alignment. <laughs> that was fun. That's so cool. Awesome. Yes. It's seriously cool. I mean, really, when you put it, it, it is, it is dynamic. But what Josie, Josie is one of these diverse people that you don't meet very often. And I got to tell you, you know, she's a CEO of a recovery of her own uh, treatment center, which is spectacular. Advanced therapeutic services. Um, which my son has been a patient at and remarkable, remarkable what's happening in his life today. And the unique part of what Josie does is she channels Archangel Gabriel and she has a show that's going to be airing her brand new seasons coming drama to Dharma. And it's airing Ooh. on March 6th. Nice. I cannot wait. And she's going to be a special uh, guest at our very first new season of women rising on unify on March 5th. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, super awesome stuff. Roll everything out in March again. <laughs> yes, start the season. <laughs> the CEO, she's the, so she's the CEO that channels. You all got that right. <laughs> this is channeling executive officer, I believe. That's right. That's right. Channeling. I love that. That's what CEO stands for. That's my. That's what it is. Yeah, cha- that, I love that. Channeling executive officer. Who wants to be a chief executive officer? That's great. I love it. I'm going to use yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. I've never even thought about that, but yes. You, you could really spook clients out too. I mean, well, for the ones that you want to spook out, because yeah. they get shown into the office and they get a channeling session. <laughs> they think they're meeting with the, with the president of the company. Like, well, well what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is that I, I channel quite a bit. Just every, I mean, I can just channel and speak as Josie. 
And so I'll ask Gabriel to come through me. He'll say beautiful words through me. So people don't even know I'm channeling. They can feel something different, but they, I don't go into a straight channel just to give his messages. And I do that a lot with the clients. So you're right. They come into my office. We're going to talk about something. And then we get right to the point. You know, we get right to the heart, to the soul of what it is that's going on with them. And they don't even know what happened. You know, we're supposed to be talking about some financial thing or whatever. And that's not what happens. So it, it is. I, really cool. See, I, I thought I was making it funny here. You, you actually do this. I mean, seriously. I'm a chief executive officer. I own the treatment center. Yeah. I'm the president of the, so I do, and I also do the financials. I do all of it, get our medical contracts, insurance contracts. So, you know, we have like, uh, right now we have about 50 clients in treatment. So wow. yeah, it's a, it's a real thing, but I've got a wonderful clinical team. I mean, I just tell them I'm in charge of making sure that, you know, there's toilet paper and snacks <laughs> and, you know, and they do all the wonderful work with the clients. So I try to stay out of it so they could do their work. But, how many, how many on the team? We have about 15. We have oh, a okay. therapist and doctors. Uh, we have a doctor, a PA, a psychologist, a uh, PhD psychologist, a couple of MFTs, and the rest, uh, KDAC counselors that come in. No, we have two two psychologists. And then, uh, yeah, so we've got a wonderful team because we do mental health and substance abuse. So okay. we have our mental health clients for adults and adolescents. Yeah, and we've got an so, excellent clinical team. So it's a fairly broad offering then. It is. It is. Yeah, we do. We do. We have to because there's not just, you know, we'll have somebody admit for mental health thinking it's mental health. And by the middle of, you know, two weeks or whatever, they're an alcoholic. So, uh, yes. <laughs> then they go to or vice versa, we'll have somebody come in for alcoholism and well, it's really primary mental health. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. My, my, my wife used to be um, an MFT. And- okay. Yeah, she, she's told me numerous stories. I mean, not about specific clients, obviously, yeah, but right. about general kinds of stories. Yeah. And one of her favorite kinds to tell is where, you know, she meets with a client who uh, claims that he is a former alcoholic. Right. And she <laughs> says, uh, oh, you know, like, uh, how long has it been? And he says, oh, yeah, I, I've, I've been sober for quite a while for now. And like, what was the last time you had a drink? Um, yesterday morning. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's what we're talking about. That's exactly right. They, it, and they don't, they, the, the denial is so, and the shame behind it still for yeah. a lot of clients that just getting them in to address their anxiety and depression, if that's what's going to take to get them in, because everybody that's mm-hmm. an alcoholic has anxiety and depression. Sure. I mean, that just comes with it. So then they, you know, kind of hold on to it a little bit and hold on and hold on. And then it finally pops through. And then we're yeah. going to help, help the complete person. So that's, that's really good. Yeah. And that's important, I think. I mean, the, yes. I, I've been privileged to interview here on the program a number of people like yourself who, they, yes, they provide the traditional, uh, you know, therapeutic type yeah. services, 12, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, but they tie in, like, to use your term, the holistic approach or like a good friend of mine, um, uh, Joel Elston, he, he would actually literally tie law of attraction into his yes. therapeutic services. That's right. Know, things like that. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yes, we do. We, we have, we're required by state and CARP and all our, you know, accreditations and, and licensures to have evidence-based treatment. Everybody right. says evidence-based treatment. So we have evidence-based treatment through Hazleton's Living in Balance and, and so forth. But then we also have groups that we do conscious recovery that TJ, um, does at Woodward and he put a curriculum together of consciousness and recovery. And that's amazing. And so he's doing his 
uh, outcome studies so that it could be considered evidence-based. So mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. of the facilities has to start somewhere. So we're able to tie it, tie it all in. It's it basically every individual, they come in and they are very, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are kind of far from spirit at that time. Right. Sure. So they don't want to hear religion. They could even have religion as a, as a, as a trauma for them. So we don't talk about that, but at the facility, we do have a lot of, you know, angels hanging and, you know, whatever, (laughs) you know, Buddha. You have subtle subtle cues going on here is what you got. And it feels really good to them. I kind of have it like Mm. like grandma's house, you know, where it's just really nice feeling and (laughs) leather seeds and things like that. And and then it just, uh, we do a couple spiritual groups a week where it's meditation, mindfulness and meditation. And that is evidence-based, mindfulness. Sure. Mindfulness, right? And DBT Mm -hmm. and those things. So, you know, it, it all gets tied in. And they, and they, it helps them. I'm sure it does because we have a, a, a big alumni and a lot of our referrals come from word of mouth from other clients. And that's just sure. a lot. It does. Yeah. 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 When, when, when your business is driven by referrals, you know, you're on the right track. You know, that's that you're right. producing successful results. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's what we, that's where we get all of ours from word of mouth or from the community. Yeah. So that's really, and the exciting thing is we just started Medi-Cal, which is, you know, we take insurance, private pay, it's a beautiful facility, but for five years I worked on the Medi-Cal contract, which for other states would be Medicaid, and it goes through the county. I wanted to help the entire community because we're community-based, so now we're tying mm-hmm. that population in with the rest of them, our population, and they are doing very well. So great that they get everything. I don't separate them into a different group. They get everything mm-hmm. everybody else gets. Now, we do get paid mostly for the just the counseling stuff for them, but... It's it's all going to work out fine, and we're helping we're helping the community. And I love that attitude. That's a great attitude. Yeah, now, that's an attitude I wish more and more people had. Well, law of attraction. It's all going to come back, and I know it does. You know, if we're talking, mm-hmm. you know, law of attraction. It's like we're doing the right thing. We're manifesting greatness. We're you know thinking about okay, financially, this is going to work. I just know it is, and it does every time. You know, I'll get surprised. I just got an email from the county. Oh, can you do another you know service? Oh, okay. That's great. So now they're asking me where it took me, you know, forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, can you provide another service and we'll pay this much per minute? You know, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pop in. I'm going to pop in because I got to tell everybody, like, look, this is this is a big deal. For one thing, they also have telehealth. For two, mm-hmm. wow. the thing is, Josie's done. Listen, I've firsthand for the last few years have witnessed her changing the the face of the addiction industry with a few other people through her efforts and bringing in conscious awareness and bringing in conscious practices is just been extremely life-changing for all these people. And it's just amazing. If you all want to know what it looks like inside, I'll give you a, just a look, 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 look. Isn't oh, that pretty? Oh, there we go. Ooh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's our lobby. That's, that's the lobby. lovely decor. We actually, uh, because of COVID, and that's a large lobby, we turn that into another big group room. So they have a, that's beautiful. a beautiful group room. For ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, really so that good. We, yeah, they have a view. They have beautiful group room. So it also yeah. occurs to me we're in a time period right now. I mean, not because of COVID, but because of all the advances that have been made within the psychological slash scientific community. Because uh, you, you talked about the need to be evidence based, a whole lot of progress has been made in the last ten to fifteen years that wasn't even available fifteen years ago. And you yeah. are kind of you're you're kind of reaping those rewards. Yes. That, that can come out of that. So That's it right. enables you to do things like 
uh, offer a more holistic thing, offer to more people of, of varying income levels. I mean, there's like, there's a whole lot more that you can do because well, of all those advances. That's right. And what's interesting is I've been working in the field for over 30 years since 1987. So since I was a kid, so I've watched all those advances and been part yeah. of them. And so you're right. It is, uh, you know, there's a lot that I can offer, but what I learned is that I consulted for, I used to have business partners with other treatment centers. You know, I'd, I'd you know, I'd work for other treatment centers as a executive or whatever. And then my husband and I eight years ago decided let's open up our own outpatient and IOP and PHP day treatment and just focus on that continuum of care when they leave treatment. And then we help them. They're with us for six months. We help them get job, you know, do their trauma work, get jobs, live life. And because we decided not to have corporate partners, you know, financially, everything is on us. But on the other hand, we, because my husband, Jim, he's a, a physician's assistant, a PA, a psychiatric PA and um, addictionist. So he does the all the medical stuff with his doc mm. and he does a detox and all of that stuff. So we both have been working in this field for years together and we can bring our experience to the treatment center and all the best practices. We're corporate programs. And I'm not saying anything bad about them. They're great. But sometimes you just have a lot of red tape to bring in these different modalities or, be, you know, they won't. I've never met any, you know, it wouldn't make sense for a big residential program to go medical. It's just the numbers don't work. But for sure. me, I can make the numbers work. So that's been another thing is that's been a blessing is that we've been able to do this on, you know, on our own and then we can make, you know, these practices and then share them with other, other, uh, treatment centers that can start bringing it into their programs. So that's very cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That, I, that's, yeah. That's another big shift that I've been seeing, not just in your industry, but in a wide range of industries, the willingness of, of quote competitors unquote actually cooperating together. Oh, absolutely. That's something that I've uh, helped bring into the industry. And I'm saying that modestly, but I have um, a recoveryview.com and I've had that for 13 years and we put conferences together and that's an online journal. So it's all about collaboration. I have a list of over a hundred thousand professionals nationwide and international, and they contribute to the online journal so that we can learn from each other. And, you know, when conferences were going, I would do CEUs and, and it's all about networking, collaboration, relationships. I learned that years ago because we all have something to share and we all have clients that we can't help in every treatment center. <laughs> you know, it's like sure. be a client that might do better at your center, you know, um, so that I'll send them to your center and they might do better at my center type of thing. So it's, and the industry is very good at that. Most of the, not everybody, but most of the people in our industry are very good about collaborating. That's really cool. And what you're describing is very familiar too. I mentioned my friend Joel, who's been an, a therapist and actually, he actually, uh, abandoned his license to become a full-time life coach because he wanted more freedom that that would yes. afford to him. But, yeah. um, even when he was working as a therapist, he, he was like the uh, therapist of last resort. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else had tried to, and it, it was usually, uh, young boys in the foster care system. The ones that they couldn't find a home for, they were the troublemakers, no one could solve any of their issues, they were getting worse and worse and worse, and they were the ones who were either going to be arrested or in prison or dead by the time they were 18 and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And then he would get them as as the clients. And, those and are that's the best ones. Yeah, those are the best ones. We have an adolescent program, and, you know, the staff, I have to, I'm like their cheerleader also in our staff meetings, there's a... Oh, there's, there's a, I mean, there's a second time he stole the, the car. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we tried getting him to residential already. He comes back and, you know, then we did some work with him and he's now writing his poetry. And I said, you know, 
I hate to admit, but I've got three adult kids and they took my car a couple times. I'm like, he didn't steal the car from, you know, the gas station. He stole his grandma's car, which is not good. I don't encourage anybody. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this kid's not a throwaway because he sold his grandma's car twice. And then, and then like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, you're all in recovery, right? Did you ever take your parents' car? <laughs> 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 but sometimes we have to remind each other of that because we do get the complicated clients, you know, that are good, especially the kids. Boy, trying to engage them, you you know, you have to keep them entertained. You have to keep them, but we do we do good with that. And I make sure that we switch it around a lot for the kids so that they can stay engaged. I'm curious too if if you have similar stories to my to my same friend Joel because he has some really really great stories. And, and the thing that he has talked about a lot is that when they're young. And yes, they've been going through hell. They've had, they had a hellish existence for almost all of their lives. Yeah. But if you can get them in a chair and talk with them and help them understand that they actually have control over their lives and yada, 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 they make changes on a dime. Yes. Changes that an adult would take years to make because the adult has all this baggage they've been carrying all these years. Yeah. But the kids, they just make a change and like, bam, like everybody says, whoa, what happened with that kid? That's absolutely true. And, and this kid that we're talking about specifically because they were, I mean, he, he, he it's like you said, he almost changed overnight. You yeah. know, next thing you know, he was reading his beautiful poetry in group. Just last week, he stole his grandma's car. And I'm like, wow, he's, this kid's, you know, pretty deep and he's enlightened. And so we, we encouraged him to do that. And he loves coming to group now. And mm-hmm. you know, before he didn't want to come, it was a joke, blah, 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 you know. And then they all band together, you know, so we've had, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, we've had entire groups that have like, you know, one day we have 10 and the next day we have four. I'm like, what the heck happened? They all went out together. So we have to, you know, <laughs> uh, it goes both ways, you know, and that's again, momentum, law of attraction. The kids have it really fast. Momentum, yeah, they do. And the manifestation. So they can, you know, if we catch it early and give them that awareness at an early age because if yeah. anything else if they go out and use again and which more than likely a lot of them will that's just statistical at least if we could be a buzzkill for a while i'm happy with that <laughs> you mm-hmm. know so it won't be the same when they go out and use i mean they might think twice they might remember some of the tools we gave them you know and stuff like that but they, probably, they it probably depends on how long they were you were able to keep them in the program and and yeah. work with them you know okay. i mean if if you have them for a while you probably have a pretty high success rate i would think we do we do and we do have a high success rate um with those and you know what's i've noticed lately though over the pandemic is that our kids are uh there's a lot of suicide with the adolescents right now and mm. it's and it's real i mean it is entirely real and um we had a kid in our program for a while about a month ago and he he had been with us for a while and his insurance stopped paying, but he still needed to come. So I let him keep coming. They went on vacation, came back. He was going to come back to group the next day. And that night he shot himself, you know, on the head. Don't know. Oh. Just, just like that, even though he was doing fine on his vacation and you just don't know. So when they say, and they come in and they're depressed and they're suicidal or they're cutting on themselves, I mean, that's, they, they, we treat them and then we get into higher level of care and then we treat them again. So we work collaboratively with residential programs that, you know, but they, sometimes they won't come in unless they start out outpatient, but we take that very seriously. So if you, you know, or any of the audience, you know, the, the viewers know of any kids or anybody for sure, but especially adolescents uh, that, that seem down and depressed and in the dumps and isolating in their room, check in with them. 
you know, yes. just kind of check in with them because it's, it's, it's real with the kids right now because of the school, them not being in school for over a year. They lose their place in their social um, hierarchy. They've all lost mm-hmm. their, their social skills, their dating, you know, all of that stuff. Anything that they like to do for a lot of them has been taken away from them for the last year or so in a crucial time of their developmental growth. So we've been working with them. We stayed open the entire time. And that's when our adolescent program really blossomed because the kids would rather be in treatment than to be home. We have them, we have them with their homework. We got them pizza. I mean, that's how we really got, cause we'd had an adolescent program for years that we were lucky if we kept like three kids at a time. But during pandemic, we've been able to keep our 10, you know, up to 10. That's so, very good. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. And it's very important. In fact, uh, when you're talking about that, it reminds me of a conversation we had on yesterday's program, actually, um, because I brought up, and you probably know about this one, but uh, Sean Aker from the Positive Psychology um, Arena <laughs> did a study when he was uh, when he was as a graduate working at Harvard University. Of course, he did lots of studies at Harvard University because yeah. that's what you do at Harvard University. But nevertheless, he did this one particular one, and it actually involved about one fifth of the entire student body. That's how big the study was. Yeah, it was good size. Um, and he was trying to isolate what it is that makes a person succeed in life. I mean, he was focusing on Harvard students, obviously, but he was hoping that he could get some insights that would help. He could translate it to other areas of life as well. And, you know, so he did this huge questionnaire that included, oh, like, you know, how often do you study? You know, what were your grades in high school? Um, you know, are you, what classes are you taking? Are there easy classes? I mean, tell us about your professors, like everything that he could possibly think of. And then he just kind of threw on this last question at the end is like an afterthought. And when the study was done and he calculated all the results, the throwaway question was the only one that correlated. Ooh. All of the other factors failed to correlate to any significant degree. Well, that, one fa- that one factor was social connectedness. Oh, yes. And the ratio of, of correlation was 0.7. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So now I'm thinking about what you're talking about, and yeah. now you can kind of flip that on its head. What happens when you don't have social connectedness? That's right. That's well, right. you know, look at the studies. I mean, there was a horrible study they did in the 1940s with, with those 12 children, 12 or 13 babies. And what they did is they met all their needs other than hugging, touching, holding. No emotional needs were met, no social interactions or anything like that. It was simply feeding and changing them. And every one of those babies died within the first year. And there was no other oh, reason. That they did. Yeah. It is. It's a horrible study that they did. But it's really relevant to the fact that we need we need each other. That's why we're here. We're here for each other. We're here to to be with each other in yeah. in connection and collaboration and service and that type of thing. We're not here to be removed from one another. So I want to take a little spin or a shift here just a little bit because, um, well, actually, it looks like we may have a question. But, but before we go there, I just want to bring up that there's something really remarkable, though, about about you, Josie. And, and the thing that's remarkable is that with all of this that you offer out there to um, people that are struggling with either mental health or addiction issues. You take it, you've taken it to another level because in your personal life, you discovered the ability to be able to tune in and actually channel the angels mm-hmm. and not just any angel, but Archangel Gabriel. You started out with Michael, uh, or Raphael, Michael. Uh, 
Well, no, I first met Michael. I say Michael. I first met Michael in 2000, but that was not <laughs> him. That was just an experience I had. And then, uh, Raphael, when I was free, started free writing, it was Raphael's messages, but the actual channeling was always Gabriel. Yeah. Because yeah. the other angels are quite large. <laughs> it's like, large. <laughs> I would explode if I did Michael or Raphael. <laughs> One time, because I love Raphael so much, I tried Raphael and I just couldn't. He's like, "All right, you want to try? It's not okay." Yeah, no, it didn't work. Like, whoa, whoa. Okay, never mind. Gabriel's very gentle. He he's the you know closest to the earth angel, the communicator. So everybody kind of channels a little bit of Gabriel. He says. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the realm of Gabriel, musicians, you know, mm-hmm. of Andrea Bocelli. I mean, all those beautiful, you know, the beautiful voices, the poetry, the art. He's in a lot of that. That's cool. I like that. It's really cool. That, that's an angel who isn't too big for his britches is what that is. <laughs> no, he's not. He is not too big for his britches. <laughs> He doesn't wear britches, but that's. Angels <laughs> 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 don't wear britches, but okay. <laughs> 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 They're very funny. They are funny. <laughs> Humorous as can be. Um, Josie and I had a, a fun, fun experience about how we met years yeah. ago when I had this. This, I woke up one Sunday morning, like, I've got to go to Joan of Angel's house. <laughs> All right. I don't know Joan, but Josie walks in. You're, uh, I think it was the second time I was out there. And it was just awesome because she walks in, we start talking, and it's like, okay. And we're the same age. So, you know, that was kind of cool, too, because it was like, hmm. All right. So we're both a little – at that time, I was like, hmm. You know, we're, we're both into this, this new way of thinking and, and this, yeah. this life and wow. And so now this last few years has been this interesting growing journey, but it's what that Gabriel's bringing through now as Josie's writing her book and the things that are coming through on 2-2-2-22-22, Gabriel channeled a very, very special message that was heard on Unify. Mm. So these messages are being heard in large, large uh, groups now. But the, but what's coming through, what I found most interesting is time. He was talking about time. And for how, well, you can actually go, I, I think you could do a lot better ju- uh, justice well, there. About time, what he's been saying about time, or as he's saying now, what we've been saying about time, he wants me to say, is there is no time. And that day, especially, he said, there's no time, there's faith. So he encouraged that day to go and every day, but to go with no time and faith and flow. So there is time because of gravity. Of course, there's time. So it's a spiritual conundrum that he's talking about, he says. <laughs> so it's not like there's really, you know, logically, of course, time. but in reality, when you're looking at the duality of the, you know, the physical and the non-physical, in order to tap into that spiritual zone, he's saying, just go into a timeless space where there's no time where you're not looking at your watch. And especially with law of attraction, he says it's important to do that because then you can be in that, that, that zone. You're, you're in that flow. You know, you're, you're, you're just, you're just there without worrying about time because every time you go like, Oh, I'm, I'm late or what time is it? Um, then you're kind of blocking the flow from coming through. So when he channels like, uh, uh he was supposed to do a five minute, 
channel, a five minute meditation. Anytime he channels, I'm, I'm kind of somewhere else and he, five minutes on the dot, he's done. I mean, he knows. So they know time already. So we don't have to worry about that, he says. Like, it's going to happen perfectly the way it's supposed to, no matter what. But you also have to have what a word that we use, he says, like faith. But that's, you know, or just knowing, the knowingness. He says words are just words. So it's not religious particularly. This is how I interpret, you know, some of those words. Sure. So it would be something like faith, just knowing, being, just being and going. And then you can check your watch later and say, wow, I, okay. You can confirm it because he says humans need confirmation all day. So, you know, <laughs> maybe check your watch after you do it and see where you're at. <laughs> you know, if you, if you really have to check your watch, but just to try to go with your day, go with your law of attraction, go with it because momentum is very important when you're talking about law of attraction, momentum. So depending on what momentum you have is the momentum you're going to continue to go. So if your momentum is about fear of the war and, you know, the anger and all the things that that are happening on the planet right now that are of a lower vibration, then you're going to quickly go to that momentum and you're going to feel the fear immediately, feel the fear, the anger. So, you know, he encourages us not to spend a lot of time on that and or if possible, no time on that, he says. But he he knows that people, you know, it's again, it's a it's a thing that he, we're, we're in this world. So he's encouraging us not to participate in that energy, but to send love to the leaders of the world. So basically send love to the leaders of, mm-hmm. of this planet. Mm-hmm. And that is a momentum that we can do to energetically help you know, the situation, he says, because there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot that we can do in the polarity, uh, meaning, you know, both sides of the polarity, everything is a polarity. Anything you don't like is half who you are, basically is what he says. (laughs) 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 So he's like, you know, embrace the polarity and send prayers to it or send love to it, you know, send divinity to it. And then you'll feel the peace immediately. And so will they. Now, if it, you know, he says, everybody goes, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. You don't, that's again, that's back to faith. So feel the momentum of that. And then whatever it is that you're asking for, law of attraction, whatever it is that you want in your life will come faster to you. Or, Can I ask him a question? Yes. What I want to ask him is a question I like to ask anybody who's got really great advice like this. This is really great advice. Um, one of the things that uh, we humans are known for is our ability to be distracted by just about everything. Yes. So the question is, how do we avoid being distracted, particularly when we're trying to stay in that zone that he's talking about? Well, that's a perfect question because he, whenever, you know, I've used words in the past, like in the, in the way past, but still sometimes people will, you know, darkness, uh, the devil or, you know, Satan, you know, all those words are used right now. Evil, the axis of evil, you know, he, all those things. He calls them distractions. He just says they're distractions. That's they not, are. it's not even a thing. It's distraction. You know, they, and those other words are, are bring us fear from whatever we've learned in our life and things like that. That takes us to a whole other place. So he calls the all, anything like that a distraction. So it could be, you know, and he says distractions come in beautiful ways. 
distractions come in cakes if you're trying to get off the sugar. Distractions come with your spouse saying when you're ready to meditate, oh, let's go get some ice cream. You know, honey? You know, distractions come in that Netflix series that, oh, my goodness, they're doing season three. Okay, let's do that instead of, you know. Those, so it's not even the big distractions. Right. <laughs> he says it's the little distractions that really take us off course. Yep. So what he encourages is just to identify the distractions, know that they're a distraction, and be, you know, just go, oh, that's a distraction. No. So identify that they, that this is what it is. So whether it's the smallest distraction or the biggest distraction, it is a distraction. And that's the perfect word for um, identifying what can take you off the, the flow, what can take you out of your momentum is a distraction. So whatever it is, identify it as that, bless release, and keep going. Or like as the human, choose to do it and then get back on track. So well, it's interesting you used to say that because that, yeah. that's literally something I've been doing this week. I have been consciously using the words I choose to yes. describe my day. So as yeah. I, you know, the phone rings, I choose to answer the phone. I choose right. to sit at the computer. I choose to turn on the lamp. I choose to have some lunch. I choose to go that's to the right. bathroom. Yes. Or you choose, if you choose, he's, he said this on that, on that one of the shows recently. He's like, if you choose to eat a cookie instead of an apple, then enjoy the cookie already. You yes. know, enjoy it, embrace it, love it. And it'll go right through you. Can I just pop in there? And I love that because exactly about the time he did that, Joe pops up. My husband goes, Gabriel just gave me permission to eat the cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave us like, right on, eat the cookie and be done. You know, enjoy it while you eat it. Let it flow through you and keep moving. It's the guilt of eating the cookie and what in your mind you think the cookie represents, which is another cookie later and more fat. You know, where your mind takes you with that cookie is the problem. It's not even yes. the cookie. So choose, choose you know, choose to partake in the distraction or not, you know, and then you've got, you've got it that then you're, then you're staying in the momentum when you can make the choice and enjoy that momentum, enjoy that distraction. If that's what you're going to do or wallow in the distraction, knowing that's what you're doing. Um, I had my niece who died a month ago, uh, a month over a month ago, we had her funeral. So I've been in a lot of grief and I've chosen to be in grief because I've never done that before. Really. I would always just keep moving. And I mm. chose to, I made a decision to sit here and cry and mm -hmm. be home and feel that feeling and feel Vanessa and love my sisters and love my mother and spend more time with them. It was a big eye opener family wise, my sister's daughter who passed away. That was a, you know, she was like my daughter. Mm, and so, sure. been, so for my birthday, that's what we're doing. We're all getting together here at the house. We're just going to relax and, you know, just, uh, whatever, just, a wellness day. I said, let's just do a wellness day, eat healthy, go for walks, whatever. And, um, so yeah, that's been a huge, it, I mean, it's been a big distraction, but Gabriel says, not really. This is something that, you know, I mean, from a spiritual level, she's in a better place and she's helping us from the other side. And our family is healing a lot through this and we're getting closer. We hadn't seen each other in years and now we can't like let each other go. So, uh, you can, you know, but you know, it, you could say, well, gosh, Josie, she's been just, you know, no, it's been great. I tell people I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm fine. I'm the best I've ever been actually, quite honestly, because I'm feeling my feelings and I'm allowing it to happen. And plus, it's, I'm guessing here just from my own experience, but I'm guessing that you're also reconnecting with love in a big, big way because oh, that's what happens. Goodness. 
That's oh, that's so true. I'm reconnecting with love. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're right. I didn't really see it that way, but that's all I've been doing, right? Uh, Debbie went to the funeral. She's yeah. been helping me, you know, and and there was so much love at that reception, wasn't there, from family? It was. It was, was so much love. It was. It was huge. And you know, grief. Grief is unhoused love. It's love with no with nowhere to go. You know, and so it's really beautiful when when people can come together, allow themselves to experience it and also to love, to just be there, you know, and it is sometimes, you know, but for those watching, why why not take these words of, and use them in your own life right now? Use them as encouragement to take it. How, who can how can you hug some who could you hug that you haven't hugged maybe? This weekend, this weekend that's coming up. And, you know, Josie just went through a really hard thing. And, and death has always been something that's been difficult for you. I don't know if you want to share or talk about it um, for those that maybe wanted to uh, hear more. It's well, up my, to you. Yeah, sure. No, my father and my brother died when I was a, a kid. I was nine and uh, when my dad died and 10 when my brother died. Well, actually, it was even it was even bigger than that, Josie. Which one? Your, your dad passed away on your birthday. On my birthday. Yes. Oh, yeah. you're right. My tomorrow's my anniversary from. Yeah. Well, thanks. For, yeah. I would have remembered tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. This is when he. Yeah. And so but that was so many years ago and I'm still, you know, working through it. But when and so thank God for all these years, I haven't had we haven't had any major losses in our immediate family now because relatives, aunts and uncles. Yes, but not like immediate family. And so a lot came up for me, a lot of grief from from then. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So a lot of grief came up, but oh, there's so much, so much love. It, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it was, was huge it, healing it was for you. Love. Yeah. Huge healing. It's been, it's yeah. I actually had a similar experience by the way, my, my, not quite because it wasn't immediate family, but my paternal grandmother died on my birthday. Oh, yeah, see my grandmother, you're right. That was big when my grandmother did. And on your mm -hmm. birthday. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Vanessa, Vanessa died on her mom's birthday, January 9th. It's my sister's wow. birthday. Yeah. I think that's a big celebration. I think I think they're trying to make a point. Maybe I think they're yeah, trying to make a, a point. There's a make connection. A, yeah, like I continue living as continue living bigger, bigger, live more, take advantage of living, take advantage of breathing. To, to just, I think it is a matter of embracing of uh, life because through death. We, we, I, what I was shown through losing, you know, so many people in my life was through death was, was my permission to live. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's that really good. good. In fact, it reminds me of something that I, I kind of stumbled on this and you, and you probably do it regularly as part of your practice, Josie, I would imagine. But, um, my wife's stepmother was somebody that she'd had a rocky relationship with until the last few years. And then she had a great relationship with her. She mm -hmm. called her every Wednesday mm -hmm. and then Ruth died. And then about six months later, Louise is sitting on the couch on a Wednesday and I could tell she's just in a really bad place. I said, what's wrong? She says, I'm, I, I haven't gotten over that. I can't call Ruthie anymore. Right. And, and it was really, it was, I mean, it was obvious to me that it was really bothering her. And, and of course, you know, I'm the husband and like, I want to do something to help. Don't really know what to help. And so yeah. I just kind of went with the first thing that went, that came into my mind. I, I just went over and I knelt down on the ground in front of her, took her hands in mine. And I said, tell me what you love about Ruth. Yes. 
That's beautiful. That's perfect. That's and it, perfect. I mean, it, I, I could just see the stress like melting off her face. Yeah. Yes. Her entire body. That's right. Like in seconds. Yes. That's the best thing to, to say to somebody that's grieving, I think. What was your favorite thing about them? Yeah. You know, what, what, what right. was your memory? That is so beautiful when you, you, you really did take it. You intuitively knew what to say to comfort your wife. I was led. I, I did not know t- intuitively. I was led. I had no idea what to do. What I walked I mean? over and the words came out of my mouth. I mean, that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's your intuition. You don't know what it is. But that's the intuition. <laughs> well, I'm still learning what mine is. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or you, yeah, you're not. It wasn't you. That's true. <laughs> Gabriel's saying it was not you. No. <laughs> oh my god, that was perfect. That was perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, so let's take it to another level yeah. now. So we understand what grief is for us here on this earth, but the fact that they're just transitioning, that they're still here. And I know this for a fact because Josie and I hadn't known each other more than a couple of weeks. She's on the phone with me. It couldn't even more than a week. week. We're on the phone and your dad, which we were not, by the way, trying to tap in or any of this. He just yeah. decides to pop. I'm just going to pop up and talk to my princess. And you're going to, and Debbie, you're going to just do what you do, which is blurt it out, whatever it's going to be. And I did. And she's like, whoa, wait a minute. And I'm like, and I d- described this person and we talk about the energy. It was her dad who it came was. through. And Josie and I have had this really, beautiful unique connection that it for me and i don't know if i've ever said this to you josie i was thinking about this the other day you're like you guys are the family i i i, I need in my life mm. i want it in my life you know my yeah. family it's a it's a little strained and it's kind of cool you know yeah. because I, we grew up a lot we grew up not far from each other even when we didn't know each other right. and we grew up in a lot of the same traditions and values mm-hmm. so there's this really neat thing about it. So we're like sisters. We're very connected. And, you know, people would ask me because our relationship, you know, we were like fast friends that they say, you know, right immediately. Yeah. So my family didn't understand it because here, you know, I've got, you know, my husband, my adult kids, and we all just know everybody in our life. And it's like, who's this person, Debbie, you keep talking about, you know, and I'm like, finally I, I said, okay, She's got a connection to my dad. I mean, I love Debbie, but I'm never leaving Debbie because if I ever need to connect with my dad, she's got a connection with my dad. Cause we have one story. Dad, a question. For some reason, I can ask Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I know. I was blown away when you did that. I mean, you had me at, oh, you know, I can, your dad's right here and I can, (laughs) I'm like, oh. My dad, yes. What does my dad think of this? Uh, and then he'd be like, that's what, you know, because I'd be like, God, what would my dad, you know? And then she'd be like, he's fine. Just make a decision or whatever. Whatever so, it might yeah. be or whatever, <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's sometimes it's just, oh, he's loving all this right now. You know, they're, they're very, they're very similar, Josie and her dad. Really? They're very similar. Yeah. That same vibra- vibacious energy that, that love and it's big love is big love is mm. the and the message I think today is about big love when yes. you're talking about life when you're talking about death it's big love it's big 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 huge and Gabriel can talk more about big love but I really wanted to get a little more woo-woo about it because fact of the matter is is that um, there's great help 
when they when they aren't in their physical body, they're a big help to us. Oh, so much help to us. Well, yeah. What's yeah, Gabriel say about big love? Big. Okay, so what he's saying right now about big love, and he's saying that just to, he, he's almost like saying as a, you know, precursor, just love itself can be, um, people can be thrown back by that word because they immediately go to their relationships. So we're not talking about like relationship love, although that could tie into this, but he said, you know, it's the energy, what he's talking about when that, what they're talking about with the love is that right now, especially on that two, 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 he did a message that the love has been coming through. So the planet now is just immersed with the energy of love. And it, and it, and we have ushered that in the humans that are doing the work. We've been ushering in love for years. And now, you know, it's time the planet has love, but for those who don't really feel like they have love or they're angry or they're, you know, whatever, they're not going to know what, what this is. So this feeling of love or, you know, compassion, but they're going to, at some point they're going to get it. So it's up to us to help them you know, those of us who are tapped in and doing this beautiful work is to remind people about compassion and love. And they're going to get it just like that. So when you're talking about big love, I mean, it's it's literally filled. Our planet is filled with it. You, now, watching the news is only a small percentage, he says, of the anger because it's all sensationalized. But if you, you look at it from their view vantage point, there's more love. It's just not newsworthy. <laughs> love is not newsworthy. So, you know, and law of attraction, we all find each other and there's more of this than there is of the other. So, it, you know, just remember that he says is that to embrace that, that divine essence, the divine essence of love and what that means for you and your heart space energy. The heart space energy is the most powerful energy that a human being has, the heart. And that's where all the, 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 that's the portal. That's where the energy of love, you know, literally, but it's, it's because they call it the energy of love because it's the essence of the divine. It's the essence of the, um, the grid. It's the essence of, of the non-physical kind of, because without your heart, you don't, you don't live. I mean, you, you have to have your, but you can't breathe without your heart. You can't do anything without your heart. So when you can connect your heart and say, I'd like to connect with my, I want to see the world through my heart space today in your meditation. Can I see the world through my heart space rather than my mind space? You know, and then can I connect my mind space with my heart space? That's a big thing, connecting your mind, your head, your thoughts with your heart space or the vice versa. So that way they can correlate together because your heart and your thoughts and your mind sometimes are not connected. That's what you'd call like a disconnect. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. people disconnect from who they really are and their heart space. So if you're wanting to really tap into this big love that Debbie's talking about, he's saying is to open up your heart space and 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 ask to see through the eyes of your heart. Speak through I'm, the eyes of your heart. Speaking for myself, I'm seeing and have been for the last two or three years, I'm seeing a lot of evidence that that big love is already there oh, yeah. and that, and that it's actually impacting the lives of people who 
we, we call non-enlightened, meaning that's they right. really have an idea what's going on here. That's but right. you can see it. It's really happening. It's, it's happening in, in yeah. a lot of ways. It's kind yeah. of surprising how quickly it's happening, really. Oh, and he says it's going to happen even quick, faster, too. Because if you look at it from a numerology standpoint, you know, the portal of the 222, even though those are just numbers, but they're lined up and they'll never happen again. So, you know, they, you know, people say like, oh, those are angel numbers. He's like, they are angel numbers. I mean, when you have numbers lined up like that and everything is in alignment, there's literally an alignment coming through. So more love came through that day. You know, this, mm. this beautiful essence on that day. And, and so, yes, you're going to see it even faster than you've seen before. And you're correct. That's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's definitely happening. I'm <laughs> seeing just in behavior patterns. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned news and, you know, politics usually comes up in there and wars and all that kind of stuff. And even in those realms, I'm yeah. seeing it like seeping in there. It's like it's it's entering the conversation and people don't really know what to do with it. It's kind of ruining the way the conversation used to go. It's yeah. not going that way anymore. It's not going that It's impossible. He goes, it's impossible to go there. Mm -hmm. It's impossible, especially with technology, because people are actually connected with their phones to to good passages to their family, where before the soldiers would be all by themselves in the front lines, only connected with soldiers, which they still are. But, you know, hate, 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 hate. Let's go kill the enemy. Hate, hate, hate. And, you know, they still never recover from that because that's not who they truly are is to go and kill other humans. That's not who they truly are. And that's why they have PTSD because they're going against their heart space. You know, sure. they're going against their whole heart. And so now even more so it's not, it's going to be completely different there. You know, it's almost like you want to say things are moving so fast and everything's so just like, all right, already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how many times are we going to do this? <laughs> How many times does Russia have to conquer Ukraine? You know, <laughs> how many times does Russia have to go, you know, for the polls, whatever, you know, directions, directions, directions. It's like, stop it. It reminds me of the old really bad joke about the beings will continue until morale improves. Always the Russians. Always the Russians. Catherine the Great, you know, Putin. It's like, here we go. Okay. <laughs> When are we going to, he says, when are you guys going to learn? And why do the Russians always have to be the bad guys? <laughs> I wonder about it. Well, here's a question for him. I, I wonder about that. I wonder, and people talk about soul contracts. And I kind of say, I'm kind of on the fence with soul contracts. Sometimes yeah. I say, yeah, okay. And other times, I'm not so sure. So yeah. I'm, I'm like halfway. But if, if we assume the idea of a soul contract, isn't it possible that so many of these people in Russia took the soul contract saying, yeah, I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be part oh, of this bad guy movement. Yes. Well, the, 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 the deal is it's the leaders of, of Russia that, you know, the actual yeah. people of Russia. Not, are, the, not the average person. Oh no, no. You know, the Russians are like the nicest people. They are literally, if there were ever to be victims on this planet, they are, you know, not that any, he doesn't encourage victimhood, but the, the Russian people, because of this, you know, but the leaders of the countries of these countries are the ones that have these soul contracts to come in and be the bad guy and right. be, the, and be right. the agitator. They know everybody knows coming in what they're going to do. They're going to be the agitator. They're going to, you know, but that doesn't mean that that can't stop either. I mean, they come in knowing sure. what they're going to do, but it doesn't mean that it can't be bypassed, you know, in a certain way as well. 
Um, I think it's or, an important thing, recognizing that, right? Being right. willing to acknowledge we're, we're not going to wipe this stuff out. It's not going to be erased from existence. It's good. Yeah. This kind of thing continues because we live in a world of polarity. That's why people come here. It's like, hey, come see yeah. the polarity. Come see the polarity. But what he's saying is, you know, you, you know, law of attraction, it's that Russia's already been doing that. So that's how they come in there. You know, maybe manifest, not that anybody else has to be a bad guy in any other country, but, you know, it's just like <laughs> maybe some, you know, Sweden next time. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> All letters from Sweden go to Josie Herndon. <laughs> in the middle of this whole time. Hello, can we just stop? <laughs> but he says law of attraction. Everybody has their role in this planet. It's like a family. It's like the family roles. Your wife would know the family roles. It's like right, the right. and Germans are always the bad guys. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the good guys. They're the good guys, you know, and then, you know, all through, through everywhere you go. So it, yeah, I get the feeling that they're the large chunk of the population in Russia, the, the average person that we were talking about, and they are, they're generally really great people. Um, I have a feeling a lot of them are there. If there's, if, if it's a soul contract kind of thing, their soul contract is, I'm going to go there and I'm going to learn how to see through a, a, a Vladimir Putin because my, my history, my, my family, my, you know, my, my soul group, whatever, we have this, this tendency to just kind of buy into a big leader like that. We need yeah. to learn how not to. Yes, exactly. The legacy of their ancestry, because their ancestry is wow. Yeah, they, that's very true. They and every generation that comes through is an evolution. It's an evolution. Mm-hmm. It evolves, evolves. So you're correct about that. That they're not, they're not wanting to play this game right now. They're not wanting to play the game. If you look at normal, you know, citizens of these two countries, they're just like, oh, man, you know, we were doing good. You know, we, we were starting to go to school. We were living a life. We were starting to get, and now really he's going to get us back to going to bread lines again and soup lines. Mm. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, same thing's happening in this country here in the U S. I mean, all kinds of different ways. I mean, how many different, how many different uh, roles are being played out in this country in major ways today? It's just, well, I mean, I, yeah, we can probably count 20 of them quickly. If you look <laughs> at the history of a hundred years ago, it's the same as what's happening now, even down to the pandemic. So, yeah, true. you know, history does not have to repeat itself. itself he said. But there is one difference though. And I was, I was noticing this um, earlier in the week on the show. There's a one big difference between a hundred years ago and now. And that difference is hard to describe. It's hard to quantify, but stuff that would not have been acceptable a hundred years ago is acceptable now. Stuff that would have been rejected out of hand is not being rejected. There's like yeah. more openness now. And yeah. I, can't even, I can't pin my my finger down on, well, this is what made it happen, but it's happened. Well, it's ev- it's the evolution of the human mind and the human existence. I mean, there is, there has been a lot of evolution because if you think about it, 100 years ago was the Industrial Revolution, 100 years ago. And now we're doing the space age, you know, so it's all about the space age, going to Mars and all of that. And, you know, just again, back then there were the big five families or 10 families that, you know, were killing it with the, you know, shipping and, you know, all the stuff, the the cars and all the new industries going, switching over from, you know, the 19th century to the 20th century, all that stuff was happening. And now we're doing the same thing. A hundred years later, but with our technology. And mm. part of that is our awareness because back then they were saying this, they were going like from a hundred years prior, they were very evolved. 
You know, they weren't wearing, they, were. they weren't wearing corsets anymore. The women, you know, they stopped wearing corsets. They, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, the women to get the vote. That was a big yeah, deal right then. Like, I mean, so it, from a hundred years prior, it was a big awareness. And now here, same thing. Yeah. Because, especially because there's so many more humans now and technology is coming. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. by the so, way, they, they said couldn't be done back then. If you, oh. They said you had this many humans, the, the whole, planet would fall apart right, <laughs> right. yes right, right. exactly yeah and we say that about you know the next uh, <laughs> we're saying the same thing now same thing music. all the thing yeah everything yeah. including oh. their music what the heck <laughs> you know, I mean, so it's very interesting to have these conversations about why you know just kind of looking at it from the outside in he says yeah kind of looking at it from their perspective it's like when are you guys going to, you know, they're kind of going like, hello, come on, just keep evolving. <laughs> come on, you don't have to stop, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're the cheering section. They're like, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it. Come on, you can, you're almost there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we did it again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one saying it to myself. They're also saying the same thing. Okay, good. We're on the same page. That's good. <laughs> Saying, yep, they're saying the same thing. They're like, well, there is no right or wrong, so let's just see. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, interesting. So, Nicole, hi, Nicole, how are you doing? It says, I would caution the idea that life cycle is a choice, but if you decide to stand in your own light, you've got the lesson. What do you think about What does Gabriel say? Well, I, okay, so when, when we say, when he says, a, to choose, you know, we were using the context of distractions. Um, now you can't always, so, you know, you, you, it's true. You can't always avoid certain situations, but when you're in the, the flow of manifestation and law of attraction and you see something that's coming to you, that's going to distract you from whatever it is your goal is, whether you're, you're writing a book or you're in the middle of a meditation or you're going to do your walk that day. And then, you know, something comes and distracts you from whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. That's a higher vibration. Then at that point, you can choose to embrace that distraction and stay home and not exercise. We're just using small things, he's saying. Or you can, you know, just see it for what it is. Now, that was the context of the conversation we had earlier about choices. So those are easy choices, small choices that, you know, in life that little things grow. But if there's a situation where, you know, you, you're, you're coming out of a, a situation, you just keep coming out of that situation. So, you know, whatever it is, like you could say, well, this happened to me, so this wasn't my choice. That's true. It wasn't your choice for that happening to you. But when it comes to, you know, we have as humans, he says, we have free will. So at some point you can make a decision that you're going to start moving in a different direction. So it doesn't have to be like a quick change, he says. It can be a little baby change towards another direction. So if it's a major situation, you can start by making baby changes towards another direction. That way it's not, you know, like pressure to go, let's just turn here and turn right, you know, on the freeway. You know, we're going on the freeway. We're going to make a right turn. No, that's what it's like. You know, you're, you're driving 80 miles an hour in one direction, and then all of a sudden you can't just stop and make a right turn. But you can start slowing down that momentum until you can get off of an exit. And start going in the direction that you want to go, whether it be to turn around on the freeway. He's just using that as an analogy. So 
Yeah. It, it reminds me, it reminds me of an Abraham Hicks analogy. They, they were once asked, well, yeah. you know, here's an example. How, how could I apply the law of attraction in this situation? I'm falling out of a plane and I don't have a parachute. And Abraham says, well, isn't it a little bit late? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's the analogy, then just, you know, we'll see you. You'll have to do this again next time. There are whole things leading up to that. You're going to just kind of negate all of those. They don't count. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of like, uh, okay, you decided to come with us, you know, or you're just, you know, transitioning. You're going to be a spirit guide. You're going to do all those things that you're not doing on that planet. Um, <laughs> once you fly out of a plane without a parachute, you know, there's a conscious decision there as well, you know. <laughs> is anybody that would do that, they're ready to come with us, he says. Pretty much, yeah. yeah they plan on getting some wings, which, you know. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, yes, I hope that answered your question. Thank you, honey. That was great. Um, I just want to do a huge shout out because <laughs> I know we're at the top of the hour. So everybody, this is Drama to Dharma with Josie Herndon. It's going to be right here on Spirituality Gone Wild. Uh, Try Angels, please go join the Facebook page, Try Angels. You can reach Josie there. And we were talking about the treatment center. If anybody is uh, or knows somebody that needs uh, some help, advanced therapeutic services um, can help you. And if you didn't get that, then just reach out to myself, Walt, Josie, and we'll we'll get you in contact really quickly. Absolutely. Walt, also put a link in the uh, description. The description is going to get a link to that particular event. So if if you aren't sure how to find it, look in the description. Oh, wonderful! Thank By the time you. this gets published, it'll be there. Yeah. And thank you for inviting me to be on your show, Walt. This was so much fun. I, I energetically, I kind of needed this boost for my birthday weekend. You know, this is great. This is a wonderful way for me to start. We had a lot of fun. The angels came through and I'd love to have you as a a guest on one of my shows as well. Once I get going with my. Oh, sure. I'd love to. Yeah. Well, I mean, we subtitled this your daily dose of happy for a reason. And and it it, it originated with me wanting to have fun with every single episode and then wanting all my co-hosts to have a wonderful show every single episode and the guests and the listeners and it just kind of evolved. So now it's it's a rule, by the way. It's the law here at LOA today. You have to have a good time. Woo! So- <laughs> <laughs> Come on everybody. Woo! <laughs> so thank you very much, Josie and Debbie. Thank you to Hey, all right. Thank you, podcast listeners everywhere. Thank you to Spirituality Gone Wild, and we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Bye.